listening to Nats Talk on the go, the longest-running Washington Nationals podcast going today, with your hosts Joe Drugan and Craig McHenry. Joe and Craig, let's do it. Hey, everybody. Uh, we're getting started, and I'm going to kill my video now. Hello. Uh, oh, hey, everyone. Yeah, I forgot to kill my video as well. We were just chatting about business. A um, lot so- of exciting things happening at... Nats Talk On The Go Enterprises. Yes. Nats Talk On The Go Enterprises is moving in the right direction. We're going to have some, uh, so we got some, some good news at the beginning of the week. I know we've talked a lot about getting t-shirts and possible other cool avenues um, to support the show going forward. And we will have more information on that in the next, uh, in the next couple of weeks. Um, big news for us uh, next week, though. I guess we should talk yeah, about this. Yeah, I was actually gonna just about to say, do you want to tease our trip next week? Yeah, so uh, we got invited to go to uh, the Nationals Youth Baseball Academy next Thursday afternoon. So we're going to go down and uh, check out all the awesome work that they're doing there. I know that we have some, some listeners and friends that have mentored down there and, and have checked out the facility. So I'm really excited to get down there and uh, check it out, talk to some kids, talk to some of the mentors, talk to the people that run the program. Um, so after we do that, we'll definitely have a podcast for you guys to talk about everything we saw there, plus, you know, other baseball things that are happening. But I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, really cool for them actually to reach out to us and ask us to come and see their place. And that's really uh, it was a very strange moment for me. Um, just this stupid little podcast. I don't know. Getting into the hands of people that do such good. I mean, it's just really it blows me away a little bit and I'm really excited to go and see then. And um, I think we can probably say a little bit. Um, we're definitely looking to partner with uh, the Nats youth, youth baseball Academy. And you'll hear more about that uh, in the future, but you know, look for a nice little Nats talk on the go partnership with them. And we're really excited and honored to be, you know, even thought of by them. So. Yeah, definitely. It's very, uh, it's a very cool thing. We're, we're, we're looking forward to, to moving forward on that for sure. Yeah. Uh, and we have so much to talk about. There's so much baseball stuff that we don't have time to talk about other things. That's how much baseball stuff there is. You know why that is, Craig? Why is that? Because there are people in Vieira playing baseball. <sighs> for the last right. time. <laughs> but that's true. Yeah. West Palm next year, right? That's right. So uh, it's the last time that, uh, people will be hanging out at the at the famous Vieira Panera, and uh, I've been there. It's lovely. It is lovely. I I've also been there with I you. I got the U pick too. It was amazing. Yes, just like at every Panera. Uh, and but unfortunately for Clint Robinson, it's not going to be you know right around the corner from his house. So that's a thing. Because doesn't he live there? Sure. Isn't that a thing? I don't know. I know um, Drew Storen lived there. Awkward. Yeah. Um. So we actually have a lot of really good. I shouldn't say actually. We have a lot of good listener <laughs> questions. We should we should be expecting this at this point because we always get a lot of very good listener questions. That's very true. Um, on top of that, um, we are we got the Dusty Baker thing because you did that awesome piece on the Nats blog about the Dusty Baker thing. I'm excited. So why don't we just get into it? Let's let's talk about pitchers and catchers and what you're. And, and I guess not pitchers and catchers really anymore. It's no the whole the, everyone's there. The whole shebang. The whole Wil- team there. Wilmer Defoe even showed up. Yes. It's got to be real awkward to be the last guy 
that even yeah even if it's on the day you were supposed to arrive like, yeah, like everyone else got there early how much of an ass does he feel like and and he's a young guy yeah and so it's like you know all the veterans are getting there like days and days ahead of time mm-hmm. yeah that's got to be uh it's got to be unfortunate but you know things happen um what do you want to get into first i don't know you have the list of the things you sent me you, can we i mean should we talk about camp first or you want to talk about other things first um, I don't know what much there is to talk about with camp uh, yeah. other than everyone's there. I mean, there hasn't been a lot of news yet. There's um, except for the fact that apparently Dusty Baker can't, uh, doesn't know Bryce Harper's name. Oh, that's nice. Did you see that? Um, no, but I also saw that Willie Mays didn't know Denard Spann's name. He, Bernard. Bernard Span. Yeah, yes, which, Bernard Span. Uh, if Willie Mays calls you the wrong name, you just go with it. You just you just suck it up. Uh, yeah. Apparently, um, I, if I remember correctly, Dusty called Bryce Royce. Oh, Royce Hooper. Rice Royce Hooper, if you will. Okay, so that's what that was on the tweeter. Yeah, yeah. I missed that, it amongst all and, the gifts. And uh, Cespedes Family Barbecue tweeted out what Dusty Baker's first uh, lineup is going to look like, and it was very funny. Nice. Uh, it was you know like. I think it was Brian Revere and then Antonio Rendon. And wow. It, it kind of went on like family that. barbecue doing something funny. That's completely. I know. It's board. brand new information. Uh, speaking of Cespedes, I mean, we have to talk about the car. The cars. <laughs> there was a question. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a question. Never mind. There's a, never mind. There's a question. Yeah. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess we got to talk about the elephant in the room. Um, which which is one? Ian Desmond, I think. Okay. Wow. I, I thought you were going to say two other elephants in the room, but okay, we'll go with Desmond first. That's fine. But let's, talk, let's talk about it because I feel like we talked about it before, but we've kind of dropped it late in the podcast. Yeah. Like, I, I just want, how, how does he not have a job yet? It's incredible. I mean, we talked at the beginning of the uh, off season about how the market for Desmond was quite small. Yeah. Uh, San Diego, Chicago, and still to be determined, the Rockies. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty much it. And San Diego filled uh, what they needed. And then as of this week, the White Sox signed Jimmy Rollins to a one-year deal. So One-year they, minor league deal. Yeah, yeah, that's right. One-year minor league deal. But I'm pretty sure he's going to break camp with the club. He's going to be their shortstop, yeah. Yeah. Um, so his market is quite small and even smaller. Um I know I texted this to you the other day. Has anyone misjudged potential free agency more than Ian Desmond in the past? Yeah, it's, I'm not going to say it hasn't happened, but wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, it was the perfect storm. I mean, the qualifying after. I the, don't think he misjudged it necessarily. Right. I just think that, like, it was, like you said, the perfect storm of crap. Yeah. I mean, because really, his second half was not bad. No. He had a decent second. It wasn't up to his standard, but it was a good second half. It was definitely top half of Major League shortstops. And, I mean, I got to agree with uh, those in the Nats clubhouse that are saying there's no draft pick that's better than Ian Desmond in a clubhouse. I mean, I just don't think that's the case. But, man, that – or on the field. I mean, yeah. this is the thing. I cannot believe that, yes, the qualifying offer system means that they're going to lose a draft pick. But if a team is going in and is going to put a, a three-year deal on Ian Desmond, which is, seems more than reasonable at this point. Right. Like, 
what, who are you drafting that you're going to lose that's going to make that kind of impact over three years on and off the field like Ian Desmond? It's just not possible. No. There's no Bryce Harper in this draft. There's no Mike Trout in this I mean, you, I guess you can't know that, but even still, that's two or three years away. Yeah. So I just cannot – I just cannot believe. It's super weird. And, I mean, now the only real option is Colorado. And yeah. Jose Reyes got his uh, suspension until the end of court whatever – trial right which begins i believe on opening day but you got to figure after however long that goes a week two weeks couple days he's still not doing baseball activities yeah so there he doesn't have a spring training so it's going to be a month three weeks to a month before he's in game shape so you're looking at the first month plus of the season uh, yeah that they're going to need a shortstop which i mean do you lose a draft pick for that for a month maybe that's a, and it's not like it's not like the rockies are expecting to do something right they're so gonna be they terrible they're gonna win 70 70 i think pakota has them at 74 wins yeah yeah so I, I i just don't know i mean he might be sitting till the draft it's do you really i mean I mean, I guess, what's the other option? That's I know. I, I just – you look at all of these short stuff. Like, I, why in the name of God did the Mets sign as Drupal Cabrera to a multi-year deal instead of Ian Desmond? Yeah. Like, that. that is – and I, I'm not harping on the Mets. The Mets are going to be very good. And I, I'm not, like, trying to bring the Mets down. They're going to be excellent. Their pitching is ridiculous. But, like, if you're trying to shore up your middle infield, and you've got a lot of young, talented guys. Yes, you have David Wright leading your clubhouse, but like, why would you not consider considering the market? And maybe they thought the market was going to pan out, and they needed to get a guy before they were stuck getting Desmond for to pay too much money. But now it just seems like, my God, the Mets could just have signed Ian Desmond to a three or a four year deal, had their shortstop for the next several years in a time where they're trying to compete. It just seems crazy. Yeah. I mean, if he gets a multi-year deal, you're looking at a Dexter Fowler, $11 million per year for two, three years. You're not yeah. looking at, you're not looking at a big deal. It, it's, it's weird. It's super weird. And I hope he signs soon for his sake, but I have a feeling he's going to be sitting for quite some time. Yeah. And, and the thing that's so incredible about it is that there was no question. There is no question in the world that he was the best shortstop on the market. Right. And, coming into this offseason. And that he's been the best shortstop in baseball for a four-year span. Right. He, he's certainly in terms of health yeah. and, and durability and in-clubhouse presence. I mean, he is, he is a top shortstop. He's incredibly good. Yeah, I, it's it's very strange. I don't know what more there is to say about it until something actually happens. But yeah, I hope it happens soon, man. Me too. So there's been a lot of conversation about the the qualifying offer system. Yeah. Around this, do you think something needs to change? <sighs> Probably, but yeah. I couldn't tell you what is a better situation. Yeah, I mean. I mean uh, it's it's the the whole system is put in place to protect small market clubs from having their players sign big money contracts and teams not to get anything for it. Yeah, but I mean, 
it's risk reward. I mean, Ian Desmond could have done a Matt Wieters and taken the $15 million and used it as a pillow contract. I but he chose not to. I don't think anything needs to change about it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I it's, it's risk how, reward. Yeah. It's how it's supposed to work. Ian Desmond got offered a seven year, hundred million dollar contract. He yeah. turned that contract down and then he, he bet got on himself and lost. And then he got a qualifying offer and still bet on his free agent market and was wrong again. Yeah. I'm not saying that I'm happy to see that Ian Desmond doesn't have a job. I'm devastated about it. I think the guy is incredible. Yeah. But I, I don't think anything needs to change. I think yeah. the system is working the way it's supposed to work. Yeah. It's, he, he made a couple of bad choices and that's the situation that he's in, unfortunately. And I, I, I hate to see it, but I don't think that, that means that anything needs to change. It's a system that overall works. Jordan, yeah. Jordan Zimmerman didn't have any trouble finding a job. That's pretty true. I mean, he, he was like the first guy to sign. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I don't think anything needs to change. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I have little problem with it, honestly. It's yeah. just it's, – it's, it's a gamble, and he gambled and lost, and that's, that happens. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be mad if it did change. I'm not saying it shouldn't change. Right. That, like – I wouldn't have an issue with it. I'm just saying like, yeah, this is, it's, it's, it's acting the way it's supposed to. It's, it's doing its job. It's protecting yeah. small market clubs. That's, that's the point. Yep. It's the whole point. It, I mean, you could argue that the nationals got screwed by it, that they didn't give a qualifying offer to span yeah. and span went away. And now, and they could have had span for a pretty cheap deal and, and it could have been very valuable. And now he's in San Francisco. So, yep. I mean, it, it goes both ways. And, like and I said, Ian Desmond could have taken the fifteen-plus million-dollar contract, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. And now he's might be sitting out half a year. And whatever deal he signs, his annual average value is going to be lower than fifteen million dollars. That's probably accurate. So, uh, so yeah. It, so when you said elephant in the room, I, I I thought of literally two other things we could have uh, discussed. For I, elephant in the room. I certainly have one. So go ahead and pick one. Uh, what uh, What's yours? Uh, no, you. I picked. I picked the Desi one. You pick one. Uh, I'm guessing you're going to go with Papelbon. That was my thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm guessing yours is Papelbon. Uh, yeah. So Papelbon apologized. Um, a. Do you care? B. Does it change anything? Three. Is it time to just put it all behind us and move on? No. Yes. No. Um, or, no. no yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. No. Yes. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. No. Nice. Uh, nice. Good pull. Yes, uh, so I, I'm glad he apologized. He should have apologized. Yes. Uh, maybe, I'm glad he apologized. Maybe not he should have, but I'm glad that he did. Um, I think, I think he should have. Yeah. I, I mean, think, I think like it or not, uh, whether it's right or not. Um, and we could have a whole discussion about whether athletic figures should be role models. Yeah. Um, oh, but yeah. that's for another day. Yeah. Um, whether I agree with that or disagree, they kind of are, and they're in the public's eye and they're expected to act a certain way. And when so, they don't, they should apologize. Yeah. They're expected to not assault a person. Yes. And when you assault a person, then, you know, somebody should probably apologize. Yes. Um, so, I also entirely believe that this is no longer relevant in the nationals clubhouse. I will agree with that. I, I truly believe that. I, I, so I'm glad to see that, that uh, most fans that I follow are now saying, okay, well, whatever, just win. I don't really care anymore. You apologized. I'm over it. And I'm really glad to see that because um, I think that's the, that's the way that it has to be. 
Um, because yeah, it sucks, but the nationals, I was calling for heads and everything else at the time. I was just as pissed as anybody. Yeah. But why were the nationals going to eat $12 million? Because uh, like it or not, Jonathan Pavelbon's still a pretty good reliever. Yeah. (laughs) So they, they, they truly believed that there wasn't going to be an issue in the clubhouse. I believe there's not going to be an issue in the clubhouse. I, I just, I, I think people outside of the clubhouse cared a lot more than the people inside of it. And ultimately, yes, the role model thing is important, but yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, it's definitely time to hashtag love on. Nice. I like it. Um, what about you? I, I agree. Uh, I think I said online, I'm not going to root for the guy. Oh, no. I, I don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to be clear. And he's an idiot. Yes. Oh, but can I, say, can I just say a thing since we're um, on that topic? About, about the shirt? About the shirt. Okay. So if you have lived under a rock and you haven't seen a story that Papelbon was going to, to the Apology press tour, was going to wear a cutoff shirt pointing to his biceps saying, Obama can't ban these guns. That's, that's phenomenal. I think, it, I think it's hilarious. And I could not possibly disagree with the statement on that shirt more. But uh, it's just, it's funny. And this is my thing. People, I can get, I think there are things that are worth getting very sensitive about because there are serious issues that have to be dealt with. Um, assaulting a coworker on public, on national, essentially what ended up being on national television. It went that, viral. <laughs> that, that's a big deal. Um, and apology was probably, you're right. An apology was probably warranted and everything else. That shirt, it's, it's just funny. He, he might believe it. And yeah. I think that makes him silly, but I think it's just kind of funny. I don't know. I, that's just my, my take on it. I think it's funny. I think, I think there are things to be sensitive about and gun control is definitely one of them, but that's not a statement to me on gun control. It's just a funny shirt. Yeah, I would have rather the, the the right to bear arms with the man with bear arms. So much but, better. But so much know, better. That's fine. Uh, Nats PR did their job, so <laughs> yeah, they 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 did it well. Because if yeah. that had happened, it would have instead of being what it was, it would have been a nightmare. No, so. I'm not going to root for the guy. I'm not going to boo the guy. Uh, I'm just indifferent towards him. I hope he gets a lot of saves because that means the Nationals are going to be winning. But Exactly. That's, um, and, and ultimately win games. That's all I I'm, care. I'm ready to love on from that one. Yeah, I am too. I'm going um, to try and be better about it. Uh, last elephant in the room, uh, Zimmerman's apology, or Zim, not Zimmerman's apology, oh, Zimmerman's, totally Zimmerman's press conference. Uh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Um, for those of you, once again, living under a rock, uh, Ryan Zimmerman was named in an Al Jazeera report of having received and used human growth hormone uh, in recovery from injury. Um, I don't know exactly when it was, but the report was recent. Uh, he is vehemently denied, and he has actually file, filed, what is it, a defamation suit? Yes. Against Al Jazeera for the report, and in so doing, had to release uh phone records email like his entire email account and pretty much all correspondence uh that could possibly be used as evidence evidence to support him it's very hard for uh any public figure to win a case of defamation but it's pretty 
I guess, important, pretty telling that uh, Zimmerman's actually even attempting that, uh, which means he might not be delusional and he might be serious that this is a load of malarkey. <laughs> nice load of malarkey. Yeah. So uh, I said in the past that it doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me if anyone uses, and I still believe that. Yep. And my, I guess, go-to reaction is, oh yeah, they probably just did then. Um, right. I'm also acknowledging my inherent bias because I have two Ryan Zimmerman jerseys, uh, and I yeah. love Ryan Zimmerman. I have one. I have one jersey with a name on it, and it is Ryan Zimmerman. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um. So I acknowledge my inherent bias, but I believe him. You wouldn't go through. Yes, he is rich, but yeah. trying to win a suit like this is a huge personal and financial uh, commitment and investment. Uh, so you never saw Barry Bonds or Lance Armstrong do something like this. No. I, and I think that says something. And by – I was reading a little bit about it. And opening himself – you know, filing this suit opens every – email and every phone record and everything he's that Ryan Zimmerman has ever made is now open in this court case. And he feels so strongly that he's like, I've never, he's basically saying, I've never even talked to these people. Right. He's really he's putting it all on the line. And I think I agree with you. There are very few players for which it would surprise me to hear that they did something to get an advantage in the game of baseball. Um, at this point, this would surprise me. Right. With Based on the reaction. Yeah, I agree. But it's interesting that he went that route. And um, watching a few of the clips of that press conference, he was uh, a, a determination that I hadn't seen from Ryan Zimmerman. I, I didn't see any of the video, so yeah. I, I can't speak to it. But uh, from what I read on the interwebs, it seemed that way. Yeah, so uh, much more believing of Ryan Zimmerman now. Um, once again, not a character thing, just a jaded by sports thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, but he's making me a believer. And yes, I acknowledge bias in that probably. Well, I have a transition into our next topic of conversation. Do it. Uh, our colleague fake FP just tweeted uh, what might be my favorite thing ever. The, okay. This was just an answer on Jeopardy. The Nationals' Blake Trinan has hit 100 miles per hour with this type of pitch that gets its name from its downward motion. Wow. What a sinker, Alex. What a sinker. So not only did the Nationals get on Jeopardy, Blake Trinan was the pitcher they chose. That is spectacular. That is unreal. That just made my night. I cannot even right now. That's... And gets the official Nats Talk on the Go Twitter account retweet. Oh my God, that's so awesome. <laughs> I, I just love it. And the reason I, I'm going to use it as a transition is because we did get a question um, about this topic. I believe it was from Michelle. It was. It was from a Nats fan. Uh, how excited are you about the reports that Maddox is taking special interest in Trinan? I didn't see the report. However, if said report is true, that is phenomenal. 
because I think Blake, we talked about it last year when we thought that Blake Trinan was going to come into the season as the eighth inning guy and stick there. I think he definitely has the potential to do that. Um, yeah, so- I, all I've seen in reports of Maddox and Trinan together is that he threw a bad changeup. Maddox said one thing to him, and he threw a phenomenal changeup on the next pitch. Yeah. That's the only thing I've seen. Yeah. Which, that's, like, yes, Maddox, very excited, all of that. That's also what a pitching coach is supposed to do. Exactly. And I mean, Blake Trinan is a, a young pitcher. and Exactly. So. It's like, I hey, mean, this isn't working. You should be doing something else. That That's not like a, oh, my God, Mike Maddox. But that, that's what a pitching coach is supposed to do. Yes, that's cool that it worked. Um, but that that in itself doesn't get me all over the moon, goo goo gaga. Uh, I'm I'm excited because it's it's happening. Yeah, because well, there's actual baseball and pitchers throwing off a mound. Ex- and and I don't know if it was happening when the caddy was there, or if it was happening and then it wasn't happening as he was as his tenure went on, or or you know what what the case was. I don't know. I always seem to think that from what I had always seen, the caddy was pretty attentive and fixed things, even in bullpens before games, he would be doing stuff. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend like the caddy wasn't doing it, but uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to see, uh, to see changes with young promising guys being made, you know, right in, in front of cameras, essentially. Yeah. I mean, he should take a special interest in trying and he's going to be a, he's probably one of, he's the youngest most high leverage uh, reliever, it looks like, or even pitcher, probably. Yeah, I mean, maybe Joe Ross, but Felipe Rivera's up there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I would expect him to take an interest in the younger pitchers because they're probably the ones that need a little bit more, uh, a little bit more guidance. Exactly. I mean, that's. So, but but it's a cool thing to see, nonetheless. It is. I just can't get over that Jeopardy question. That's amazing. That's so cool. It's amazing. That's so so awesome. Um, it was even spelled right. I know. I mean, it's Jeopardy. That shouldn't be surprising. Yeah. It's awesome. Alex Trebek is Canadian. He's so Canadian. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about uh, lineup a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Um, I don't think there should be a lot of surprise at this point with what the lineup is going to look like. But there were some comments, uh, and I believe it was Mark Zuckerman, not of Facebook, but of Masson. Oh, okay. Um, uh, yeah, Masson now. Congrats to Mark on yeah, yeah. getting the writer job. Big listener of the pod. Yeah. Um, but he tweeted about how he had a conversation with Dusty Baker. I don't know if it was in the media scrum or if it was personally. I don't remember at this point. It was a few days ago. But he talked about how the way that Dusty had described the number two spot, it seemed to fit uh, Anthony Rendon very well. And then uh, the way he had this follow-up tweet. He obviously got some responses from people that said that, yes, it probably also fits the profile of Jason Worth. Um, I, I don't think at this point in their, their careers that those two are on the same plane anymore. Yeah. Um, and we can have this conversation because Beard's not listening tonight. Nice. <laughs> um, I just don't think that they're, I don't think that they're on the same level. I think that Jason Worth, you know, isn't was an extremely good baseball player and still has the potential to be a good base, certainly an above average baseball player. Oh, no uh, question. But when we're talking about Anthony Rendon, we're talking about a guy in his rookie year who finished what fifth in the MVP voting. Yeah. Top five for sure. I mean, he was really, really good. He uh, was the nationals best player. Exactly. 
So um, I think that the number two spot fits um, Anthony Rendon perfectly. I think that's – Anthony Rendon was born in Major League Baseball to hit second. I, yeah. I just – it's perfect for him. He's not going to hit for a ton of power. He's going to hit between 15 and 20 home runs a year. He's going to have high average. He's going to get on the on base all the time. Yes. Uh, me and Will Yoder, uh, Nat's blog, blog father – um, we still have our bet going on for three more years, um, which neither of us have paid up. I was uh, just going to say. Basically, say. neither of us, and by neither of us, I mean I, uh, <laughs> haven't paid up because there hasn't been a game yet for him to pay up. Um, basically, I'm going to buy him a ticket. He'll buy me a ticket. It'll be fine. Um, but uh, it was Anthony Rendon will or won't hit 20 or more home runs in a season. Uh, I still don't believe he's a power hitter. I believe he I is agree. a doubles hitter. And I think as he matures and, uh, you know, develops and gets to that prime of his career, he's going to realize that he's going to get a lot more um, love and get a lot more, I don't know, value out of hitting doubles than trying to crank out 22 home runs a year. Oh, totally. I, so I, I agree. And I, I pulled the quote up here so we could – have something to go on. Mark, uh, Mark said, Dusty was asked what uh, he looks for in a number two hitter, quote, bat control and smartest guy in the lineup, close quote. So um, certainly with bat control, that, that screams Rendon. Yeah. Uh, smartest guy in the lineup. God, you, his bat stays in the zone for so long. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's so pretty. And with the smartest guy in the lineup comment, you could make an argument for a few guys on the Nats. Uh, yeah. In that, I think Worth definitely is on that list. Yeah. Um, I think Ryan Zimmerman is on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, Rendon certainly, and Harper, but Harper is never going to hit second ever again. Yeah. So, no, I, you have to put Harper in there because he completely changed his game last year. Yeah. Exactly. I'm just saying that he's not even in no. second, but I, certainly on the top in the top two or three for smartest guys in the lineup for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, to, to a long story short, my, my lineup looks something like, uh, Ben Revere first, uh, Anthony Rendon second, Bryce Harper third, Ryan Zimmerman fourth. I'm going just off my head here. I don't have this written down anywhere. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman fourth, uh, Daniel Murphy fifth. I've got, uh, Wilson Ramos sixth. I've got Jason Worth seven. I've got Danny Espinosa eight and I've got, um, pitcher spot nine yeah um i have it almost exactly the same i actually do have it exactly the same but i'm being devil's advocate (laughs) yes um i have uh daniel murphy hitting fourth i think uh his power uh is definitely going to be a lot more than zim's because zimmerman is another one of those uh kind of doubles hitters and you want a little bit more pop um in the lineup because I mean, we've said it how many times for how many years that when Ryan Zimmerman is on, he's lacing one hoppers to the gap constantly. Oh yeah. That's so you, you want a little bit, especially opposite way. Yeah. You want a little bit more, uh, from your four hitter. Uh, and I think Daniel Murphy has a little bit more pop than Ryan Zimmerman and, uh, he can run into him a little bit better. Yeah. I, I mean, Bryce Harper is your, your perfect number four hitter. The problem is he's also the best hitter on your team. <laughs> right. So you probably put him third. You um, need more bats out of him. Yeah. So, uh, but if he was hitting fourth, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be angry at it. Yeah. Um, that, that certainly would not be a, 
a situation where I was outraged that he was hitting fourth instead of third. And then you had somebody like Zimmerman hitting third or, or even Murphy hitting third. Um, I think that would be acceptable, but I think, I think Harper should hit third. He's, he's the best hitter on that team. He's the best hitter in the national league right now. So right. it's just stands to reason that he hits in that spot. Yep. Um, okay. So I guess nothing else on that. Yeah. Works for me. You want to talk, uh, you want to talk odds? Yeah, I just wanted to hit on odds a little bit. I, I always find I've I've never been a betting man or anything like that, but uh, I I like to look and see where Vegas sportsbooks put uh, odds for their teams because they're staggeringly accurate most of the time. It's scary. They're pretty good. It's scary. How... Better than Dakota or or those for the most part. Yeah, it's it's scary how good they can be and. Um, they, uh, the Las Vegas Superbook, uh, has the Nats at 89 and a half wins, which oh. second best odds to win the World Series at 10 to 1. Weren't the, weren't the Mets also 89 and a half? Yeah, Mets were at 89 and a half as well. Also 10 to 1 odds to win, along with the Blue Jays and the Cubs. The Cubs, who far and away, by any account, any stretch, had the best offseason of any team in baseball. Uh, and the Nationals, one of, you know, I won't say the worst, but bottom half. Uh, same odds to win the World Series, according to uh, a specific Las Vegas sportsbook, at 10 to 1 odds. And I just found that very strange. Uh, and the 89 and a half wins just really, that's... It was a little bit surprising, but then when I thought about it, uh, the Phillies and the Braves are going to be two really, really bad teams. Yeah. By and the Nationals line. play them 38 times. <clears throat> yeah. The Mets, the Mets do as well, but so do the Nationals. Yeah. Which, you know, that's why they have the same, same odds yeah. on wins. So and the Marlins aren't going to be very good either. Yeah, it's a, it's pretty much already be better than the Mets or than the uh, Phillies and the and the Braves, but I don't think by a whole lot. They're still going to be a sub five hundred team by a, yeah. a, a lot bit. I think you're probably right. Yeah. So um, I just found that very interesting, and I just um, I know as we get closer and closer towards the season, we're going to probably do official predictions, and I can hopefully do better than my last <laughs> year, um, which I don't know how I can do worse. Um, uh, you and me both, buddy. You and me yeah. both. <laughs> so, uh, but 89 and a half, that seems high off the bat. It, it seemed... Because honestly, I think the Nationals got worse in the offseason. Yeah. It was high, it's high for betting odds. Yes. I think that it's really, I think it's really easy if you were betting to take the under on that. Yes. Number. I mean, um, you lost Ian Desmond and you lost Jordan Zimmerman. Yeah. And yes, I know Zimmerman kind of had a down year. We already discussed Desmond having a down year as well. But you lost two essential pieces that are being replaced by, you know, essentially a super rookie in Joe Ross or Tanner Roark. And, and you have an Danny Espinosa. Yeah, yeah, and an entirely new bullpen. So I. That seems high. I'm not saying they're not going to win that many. I'm just saying that's, 
That's I agree. Odd. I think I think that might be right about the number. It, it it makes sense. It's just for betting odds. It seems on the high side. I, you you would expect for betting odds it, for it to be uh, a little bit lower. I feel like it's it played played a little bit safer um, than than it is. That's all. Yeah, it just surprised me. Yeah, I, yeah. I would agree with that. Um, yeah, we'll get into pre- predictions as we uh, as we see what the lineup looks like on uh, on opening day because spring training is a hell of a thing. Yes, it um, is. But speaking of the Phillies and the uh, Braves looking to be pretty pretty bad, um, what are your thoughts on the on the Boris tanking thing? Uh, that he encouraged the Nationals to tank. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, duh. Why wouldn't you? But have you read anything about his thoughts on 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 how to fix it? How to fix tanking? No, I haven't. So it. It's it's interesting. Um, Adam Kilgore, who is just amazing, uh, wrote an article on the Post, basically talking about how uh, Scott Boris thinks that there needs to be a bottom. That you need this, you know, it doesn't do any teams any favors if you know the Nationals and the Mets. He, he, you know, they specifically talked about the Nationals and the Mets playing the Phillies and the Braves, and how they're going to be two astonishingly bad teams, and it and it messes with the competitive balance of baseball. And it's back to this whole competitive balance story and how there needs to, there should absolutely be a floor that, um, that teams have to hit. They have to hit a certain win total. Otherwise they get, they cannot have a top five draft pick. Hmm. And I, I looked at it and I was like, huh? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, It's really interesting, isn't it? I think there's just too much, too much chance in baseball. I mean, you can set this rule and you can have, you know, you can draft a superstar in your first terrible year who's playing by the third terrible year. You can sign two free agents. A guy can have a career year and you're out of that. Or you can have those same amazing players and in your year where you're expecting to not be at a floor, you can have three consecutive ACL tears and a Tommy John. Yeah. I mean, I think there's so much objectivity in that, that it's a scary game to play. I would agree. Um, I, I think it's compelling. There's something about it that's really compelling to me because the, it makes the front office try a little. Yeah. To build, to put together a team that's but I not... Mean, I, I, I think understand, about the I understand. 2008-19 Washington Nationals team. Yeah. I mean, they were astonishingly bad. There, there were more than a dozen people, if I remember correctly, that played in 2008-9 from the Nationals, pr- probably a bit more, that never played again that yes, year. Yes, I know, year. but you also see players like Craig Stammen successfully transitioning from That's starter true. to bullpen. Tyler Clippard successfully transitioning from starter to bullpen. Ian Desmond breaking into the majors and kind of getting the yips out while he could, you know? Yeah, it's a good you point. See, you see things like that. I mean, it, there's a yin and there's a yang to everything. So yeah, it's, I mean, there can be value. And to use the Braves as an example, the Braves in 16 months traded away every single player except for Freddie Freeman. And they probably, this offseason, they probably made one of the best trades in the last five to ten years in all of baseball. 
in getting Dansby Swanson, Ender Inciarte, uh, and what Blair, I think it is. Yeah, for like Simmons. <laughs> for for yeah, for nothing. Yeah. So that that trade's incredible. So it's not like they're doing things and they are doing things for the future. Yes, they are going to be tanking now, but they're loaded up. Yeah. Like, look I, at the Cubs. The Cubs were terrible. They had the best minor league. Look at the Royals five years ago. They had the number one rated farm system in baseball. And look where they are now. They just two straight World Series uh, appearances and one world championship. I mean, they, you could have said they tanked for a while. The Astros. The Astros. They had three horrible years, and all of a sudden, bam, there they are. So, yeah, it's painful, but, I mean, more often than not, they're coming out the other side much more competitive. I mean, two years ago, in 2014, the Bra- it was the Braves and the Nationals. And yeah. now the Braves oh, yeah. are at the bottom again. It's all cyclical. I think I don't think it hurts baseball. I don't and think there. I don't have a problem with quote unquote tanking if it's super duper blatant, and um, I don't know. I don't even know how you can prove that. That but, that's my problem. I I don't know how you can prove it. And that this is my long way of coming about to. I I, I agree with what you're saying entirely, and I just kind of wanted to to bring up the topics because it was worth talking about. Honestly, but, I mean, the only thing I could see that I would have a serious issue is um, I know it's obscure, but uh, there's a minor league hockey team in Flint, Michigan. Oh, and geez. this was in the news in the past week. Um, their owner fired their entire coaching staff for the second time this season. Like Jesus. And the league came in and suspended the owner. He just, they pretty much were like, you're done. Pretty much. Wow. And they reinstated and kept the team afloat. But, you know, in an so- instance like that where you're just blatantly getting rid of for peanuts, I mean, what, this isn't a 2003 – what is it? Is it 2003? Uh, Expos situation where you're trading Grady Sizemore, Bartolo Colon. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're trading everyone who's Omar Manaya. Yeah, for nothing because yeah. the team's going to be gone. I mean, you're not seeing trades like this. And, you're seeing and Major League Baseball doesn't want to foot the bill for those guys, right? So you're you're seeing trades that have competitive value. Uh, they might not be immediate competitive value, but you're seeing legit baseball talent change hands. You're not seeing uh, Bryce Harper being traded for. Kevin Kuzminoff. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, I don't I don't know. I I if it doesn't pass the sniff test, that's another story. I mean, it what is what is the quote? Uh I I can't define pornography, but I know it when I see it. Yeah, right. Like I can't define tanking, but it's pretty clear when it's tanking and I don't think anyone's actually tanking. I mean, look at the Phillies. They finally hired smart people for the first time yeah. ever. Yeah, for the and first time, yeah. They're doing smart-ish things for the right. first time ever. So, right. yes, they're bad, but they had the worst general manager ever. Yeah. So, Got, he he didn't get the game at all. So, yeah, I just – I don't see how you can say anyone currently is tanking. Yes, their teams aren't very good, but I don't think there's really too much they can do about it. They – I mean, the Nationals 
a good baseball team with playoff aspirations and real serious potential weren't able to sign Hayward, Zobrist, you know, those kind of players uh, because they went to a World Series favorite, you know? Even if uh, the Phillies or Braves had come in and offered the same amount that the Cubs had or the same amount the Nationals had, they did, they wouldn't have gotten a player anyway. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know. You could say the Nationals are taking because they really didn't sign any big free agents, you know? Yeah, it, it, it becomes objective, but, like, I guess the point is he – Boris is saying – have have a win floor. I think you've said you have to win 60 games a year. If you don't, you lose your top six draft pick. So even if you have the worst team in baseball, all of a sudden you get the sixth draft pick instead of the instead of the first. See, this and could all this could all be gone if they go with the uh, rotating draft. The rotate. Oh yeah, that we've talked about before. Yeah, but I don't have a problem with the way that it's set up. I don't know. I just I as a fan that went through it. Yeah. And went through a team that was just so astonishingly terrible. Right. I don't think it's that bad. No. It, it's, I mean, it, it, there it, are nights where it's just impossible to imagine that a team could be that bad at baseball. I mean, yeah. there are definitely those nights. But then you have Bryce Harper and Steven Strasburg for six years. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> and yeah. I know that that's an extreme case, and that's not normally how it works. Oh, and also add Anthony Rendon to that. Yeah, he's pretty good. But it – it does tend to benefit teams long-term. Even with the crazy Brady Aiken stuff from the Astros, they turned out fine. Yeah. So, like, they had a bad situation, and it still turned out fine. Yeah. So, uh, I, I'm not really – it was Brady Aiken, right? I'm not I'm – not yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not really all that concerned about it. I don't know. I, 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 I no, think I, that it's a cool idea. I think it's a really cool idea to, to say that, you know, you can't – you have to at least try to break 60 wins. But I think that even overcomplicates things. I think that's like, okay. Well, so you I, a... I, I mean, how are you going to go to a team of 25 major leaguers? And they are major leaguers, despite the fact that they might not be worthy major leaguers. They're sure. playing in the major leagues. Like we always say, all it takes is one uh, and there's your market or whatever. Yeah. Um, how do you tell a team of major leaguers you're so bad and not good at your job. We're going to blame the front office because you're not actually any good. Yeah. I know you're trying really hard. Like, and to tell a bunch of guys you, that you have you that really you're paying think, like, like, Go ahead. Are, are the players really not trying their hardest out there? That's ultimately no, the thing. They're just not good players. Yeah. I mean, they're just. And not, I think that's the point. Yeah. They're trying to convince people to sign good players rather than, you know, the 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 quad a the, and the you can't you can't make players on. sign that's the problem yeah as yeah. we found out that's for sure yeah that's so great. yeah fun fun little t- I didn't expect to talk about tanking now, so I, I didn't either but I think it's a I thought it was a really interesting topic I wanted to at least bring it up um but and of course before we go to questions I certainly want to talk a little bit about uh, about about the new manager. Um, oh you, yes, you oh, you yeah. found some some cool dusty things that I know that uh that that if you haven't read the the natsblog.com piece you should do that but also just uh it's just interesting it's it's an he's an interesting guy and interesting topic and Craig and I certainly have 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 changed our tunes about Dusty Baker yeah I'm much more on board than I was um, I'm trying to. 
I don't know, grow as a human person and not be so analytical about it. Um, because I mean, my passion for baseball is completely irrational. Yeah. Right. It's, it's so dumb, but it's wonderful and I love it. So, um, I need to not be so dismissive of things like team chemistry and because I can't put a number on it and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I was researching Dusty Baker and kind of trying to figure out, you know, is he the same manager? Because I know there was a lot of hand wringing over when he was first hired, you know, everyone, oh my gosh, he kills young arms, blah, 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 blah. Including by the two people you're listening to speak right now. Yes. And I was quite self-deprecating in my piece, I believe. Yes, you were. Um, But Dusty Baker also said like, that was a long time ago, and there's a lot more information now um, about that, about how to treat a pitcher and all that kind of stuff. So I decided to look back at how his last stint was, and he, with the Reds, he was there for four years, and he won 90-plus games, like, three out of the four seasons including in the last year when he was fired because the team lost the last six games. And then uh, his coach or his management wanted him to fire the hitting coach. And he said, no, it's not the hitting coach's fault. So um, talk talk about it. He could have saved his job. Yeah. So he put his neck on the line for his, for his hitting coach and paid the price. And that kind of just tells you a little bit about, who Dusty Baker is. And, you know, I think uh, that's the kind of manager that this ball club needs, especially after having such a lackadaisical and aloof Aloof manager as a good, as Matt Williams was uh, the past couple of years. And once again, Barry's for Luga's three-part essay on the national season is a must read. If yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It just, the more the more I think about that higher, the more I just cannot understand it. <laughs> yeah, so it was just such an astonishingly bad decision by Mike Rizzo. Yeah, so Dusty Baker, um, he's a player's guy. He might not be the best tactician, but I think he's a lot better than people gave him credit for. And honestly, his recent results have kind of spoken for themselves. Yeah. I mean, the big, the, my only concern remaining with Dusty Baker is his issue as a manager is the same issue as the Nationals have, is once it gets to playoff time, you can't get over the hump. Yeah, but, but that takes me back to Dan Steinberg's article this week, which is you, you, know, you hire the right people or whatever, but you, as a fan, you just you got to enjoy it. You just... You enjoyed 162 games. Oh, that was such a fun piece. That was he Steinberg's awesome. He's yeah. he's just so good at it. Um, but it was. I, like, really I liked piece. his piece on Parmesan cheese. Oh, everything he does is gold. I didn't read the piece on Parmesan cheese, but it's a good piece on Parmesan cheese. That's that's a hell of a thing. I didn't even know that was a thing. So oh, it's a thing. Wow, I'll go find it. Uh, but I think we're done with this, and we get hell into questions. Yeah, uh, because we've got a bunch of them we're definitely gonna go over in time this week yeah sorry not sorry sorry not sorry we haven't done one in a while uh hold on hold on hold on uh mixed master joe getting the questions going yeah there's so many 
And for those of you on Snapchat, you can snap your questions in to me. To, to Craig, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to find a beginning here, so hold on one second. Uh, yeah, go for it. Can't tell me to go for it when I don't have it yet. When we sing, we begin with do, re, mi. <laughs> do, re, mi. The first three notes just happen to be <laughs> do, re, mi. Do, re, mi. Uh, well, actually, we just enter, answered uh, Jack O'Beam's question. So um, Michelle would like to know, in the bullpen, including non-roster non people, Tell, assess and tell everybody what we think of them all probably making the team. So I guess we're looking at guys like, I don't know. I don't know how you want to hit this question. Obviously, Jonathan Papelbon is going to be in there. Yeah. Um, I think he's the, the one lock. And that, my favorite thing, I think, I think uh, Dusty Baker referred to uh, the, another guy that is pretty much guaranteed in there, that left-handed guy that throws real hard. So, or that young left-handed guy that throws real hard, which I think is also hilarious. Um, so Felipe Rivera is probably going to be in that bullpen if he's healthy. And then from there you look at, I, I mean, Sean Kelly is all, is a, is a pretty mortal lock to be in. Um, what do you think from there, Craig? Do you, I mean, where? I like Victor Robles. Yeah. I do think he, he doesn't break camp though. It's entirely possible. I mean, when you spit white hot fire, yeah, like he does. I I don't know. Uh, <laughs> what did what did Dusty say? Uh, I don't know who's gonna make it, but I really like the kid that throws a hundred. Yeah, that's something uh, like that. Yeah, yeah. So I I think uh, you're probably looking at. I'm, I'm drawing blanks on names, and I don't have names in front of me. Um, Ali Perez is gonna make it, obviously. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot of battles. And I, I don't want to stay on the question too long because I we didn't do enough research to give a really good answer. Um, yeah, and we have some other reliever questions coming up. But um, we'll, we'll make this a topic on the next podcast because it's, it's worth digging into and uh, because the bullpen is one of the more interesting set of, set of people who are going to make this team this year. Uh, all right. Huh. Jen would like to know uh, when will the sledding hill at the, at her house be melted, or will the sledding hill be melted before opening day? It's currently shorter than one Altuve. Um, when uh... will or will it be melted by opening day? Uh, yes. Yeah, I I think so too. I think we're going to yes. get enough warm days here. Yes, and rain. Uh, yeah, so much rain today. Uh, Beth wants to know, is there anything besides fun and health that you look for during spring training? Uh, fun and health? Fun? Yeah. Was fun? Is, um, is there anything besides that that you, want to, that you like to get out of spring training? Health. That's it. That's, yeah. I, I don't care about fun. I know. I was thinking the same thing. Fun is important. You want the guys to have fun, and they seem to be. But yeah, they're I, they're gonna have fun because they're rich. Yeah, and, and well, they're and they, young they and mostly attractive too. Yeah. But you know, they they it it is a it is a bit of a, a a to be cliche. It is a bit of a brotherhood. But um, I think that 
that health is the most important thing. I, I think that it couldn't be any more obvious than from Anthony Rendon saying in an interview today, wearing the best uh, I heart Taylor Swift shirt ever. Yeah, I um, want that shirt. Because oh, it's so awesome. I love T-Swizzle. How can you not? Um, but Rendon was like, yeah, I'm not going to be diving for any balls in spring training, which is like, which is the only thing you need. You, you know, get, get ready to go, but <laughs> please, please don't dive around. Uh, so, yeah, I got a question on Snapchat, uh, actually. Oh, Jesus. Uh, from uh, Johan. From nice. NL, from, but he didn't put text, and I can't listen to what he's saying in video form. So come on, buddy, help me out here. I'm trying to be a little bit professional by not having your snap play on the air. Although that could be fun. We might investigate that at some point. Yes. That that Um, could be fun. Anyway, so resend that, please, with text so I can read it. But we have several uh, people jumping in on Snapchat, so that's fun. Yeah, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. Uh, Uh, Fang and Nick. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Beth also asked, basically, is there anything that can actually translate to the season or is it just too different? So that's a follow-up to the previous question. I, I just, it's just, it's just too different. It's yeah. Spring training, spring training as, is not about being good. It's about working on the thing you need to work on. And that's like, that's why all of this, all the time you see guys, you know, that hit like 400 in spring training and that don't do anything because they weren't working on the things they're supposed to work on. They just wanted to mash the ball because pitchers are working on it too. Yeah. So, you know, everybody's just working on stuff. You, that's why you you know, Drew Store in all those years, he would leave spring training with like a 16 ERA and then come out and have finished the season with a sub three ERA because he wasn't working on, he was just working on stuff. He didn't care if he got killed. He was just working on a pitch or, or working on getting something done. Or, and, and in the case of Storen, usually working on a new windup. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no one cares about who wins the Cactus or Grapefruit League. Not even at all. No, not even not the even teams. I don't, I don't even, do they have a trophy? Is there a plaque? Is it like an employee of the month kind of thing where like, I don't think there's like a little, like one inch metal plate. In a million years, I cannot tell you who's ever won any of those things. Yeah. So, uh, at X at expose Strasburg tweets. If you had to bet a week's pay, (laughs) uh, a week. (laughs) What's so funny. (laughs) What's I so just, funny? I just got Johan's snap. Oh, nice. Um, go ahead. Do I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, then, then shut up and let me finish this question. Okay. Uh, if you had to bet a week's pay on Steven Strasburg being a net in 2017, how would you bet? I would not. Th- that you would bet that he would not be? Correct. Uh, me too. Um, Fang asks, uh, describe your optimal spring training outfit. Include what neon colored shirts, pants, shoes you would wear. Um, okay, is this to attend or? Uh, I, I would guess to go to a game. To yeah. go to a game. Okay. Um, shorts, flip flops, definitely. It's always with the flops. Come on. Always flip Florida. Uh, always some type of garish Hawaiian shirt, Mike Rizzo style. Nice. And nice. Uh, Ray Bans. <laughs> because Sweet. I want to get into Ray-Bans and then some type of Tommy Bahama, like, straw hat. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe, totally pull that off, maybe even a bucket hat. I don't know. You, yeah, yeah. But uh, you should uh, check your text messages there, Joe. Okay, I'll check it in a second. Yep. Uh, what about you? Uh, I mean, shorts, flip-flops, uh, Under Armour, 
Under Armour sweat wicking anything. Ooh, sweat wicking. Sweat wicking. Very nice. Not even an H in that. Uh. <laughs> yep, there it is. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, God. So, uh, I have many questions to that. <laughs> I didn't even finish reading it. Yeah. Uh, Feng asks, also asks, Clint Robinson signed a golf cart. What would be the weirdest thing you'd have signed that isn't a body part slash your kid? That's a good, I like this question, actually. What have I signed? No, what is the weirdest thing you would have signed that isn't a body part or, in the case of you, your kid? Um, what would you have signed that is weird? God, I don't know. I'd get anything signed. <laughs> and we're just going to move on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> question in from Snapchat real quick. Yep. Uh, Scherzer, uh, does he regress in uh, 2016? I'm sorry. Ask the question again. Does Scherzer regress in 2016? Yes. Yeah, slightly. I think he's still – Slightly. Gonna, I, I'm not I, talking I, about I still think thing. he's a top 10 at Cy Young guy. But totally. Totally definitely agree. Definitely some regression. Totally agree. Hard to hard to not imagine that. Maybe just one no hitter, and Johan like like a half an hour. Um, um uh, eighteen minutes. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, Alexander asks uh, a few questions here uh, in sequential order. Uh, percent chance Trey Turner or uh, Lucas Giolito make the squad before the end of April. Uh, Giolito zero. Yep. Uh, Trey Turner. Thirty-five. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good number. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say fifty. Fifty. Okay. Fifty percent chance somebody wow. gets hurt and he comes up. Yeah, that's the only way it happens. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's an injury situation. Um, predict Mad Max major stats. Uh, so I'm I'm guessing I, I'm going to say major is uh, ERA wins and FIP because I love that stat. So Amazing. what? Go ahead. Um, three ten ERA. Yep. What else are we, what else am I doing? ERA wins in FIP. Wins and innings pitched. Why not? Wins seventeen innings pitched, two oh eight. And FIP. What did I say? Three ten. You said three ten ERA. Yeah. FIP 338. Good guesses. Um, I'm going to say uh, ERA, ERA is um, 3.05. Nice. I'm, I'm going to say FIP is going to be 2.9. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm going uh, big on the FIP. Nice. I'm going to say uh, 15 wins. and uh, wow, With all that, only 15. Okay. And wins, man. Uh, well, uh, I know, but he goes late in the games. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Anyway, um, you're 15. You're 15. 15. And then I'm going to say uh, 100, 215 innings pitch. Nice. 215. Uh, also from uh, Alexander. Oh, so we, we talked about with Trey Turner. We, we don't, we, Turner and Giolito, we really don't think either one will, uh, will, will break the roster. So, um, Michelle wants to know how excited we are about Maddox and same for Davey Loops. Um, we talked about Maddox, so let's talk about uh, Loops. 
I would love to see some more action on the bases. And I think Dusty Baker is the type of manager that will encourage that. So yep. I think he'll take the reins off some players. And you could see Ben Revere getting some stolen bases. Um, Bryce Harper, too, I think. Bryce Harper should get some good stolen bases. Um, Jason Worth is one of the sneakiest base dealers oh, in, yeah, he's the, good at in the universe. Um, Anthony Rendon could probably steal some bases. Yeah. Danny Espinosa, obviously. So just, I th- I just think there's going to be a lot more running. And I, and I think that some point in in all reality, May or June, when Trey Turner breaks the club due to an injury, you're just going to see a flood of running. Yeah, he's because he's, he's preposterously he's, fast. He's he's fast. Yeah, we have. Oh God, we have so many more questions. Yeah, I'm sure um, we do. Uh, Ultimate taco filling and why? Oh Crimson. my God. Oh man, taco ultimate taco filling. Oh man, uh, a, a blend of eighty twenty and chorizo, ground chorizo. Nice. Uh, we're going with the, um, let's go with the Mexican chorizo, actually. Oh, okay. Um, so that with obviously some cheese, little crema. Um, yeah. I I like to. I'm just gonna go with the meat. Uh, meat. And, yeah, that's good. And say that uh, that. The the traditional brown, ground beef, but also carnitas. Oh my god, I love carnitas. I love a fish taco. I, I'm not a fish taco. Oh my god, I, know you I love adore a fish taco. Fish taco. Uh, that's totally true. Um, let's go get tacos. Okay. Oh, yeah, let's let's definitely go get tacos. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip a few questions here because we're really struggling here. Uh, Fang also asks team allegiances, which spring training location do you prefer Arizona or Florida? Would you like it elsewhere? And I know Craig loved this question. I really enjoyed this question. Um, I have only been to Florida spring training. I would love to go to Arizona spring training specifically because you can get a place in the center of town and you can go to every single team in like 20 minutes. That that is the draw t- for Arizona. That is it's the thing incredible. That, like, Arizona is so amazing. And the same thing. I've been to Florida. I've not been to Arizona. Um, but just the idea that you can just set up and hit every ballpark that all the team, like two teams share each park. I mean, it's just, it's great. It's awesome. Uh, so I think Arizona is, is the coolest concept having not been, but just, just the setup is Awesome. Yeah, I would, setup I would like to experience that. Makes a lot of sense. You, I would love to see something like that in Florida. It would be a real destination. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You could really make it a thing because the way it's spread out is makes it really tough to to get to get good action to happen. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because you're stuck playing the same teams over and over again because you're not driving five hours to yep. go play another team. Uh, Jude asks which. Uh, Nats player will surprise us most this season. Uh, first off, hey Jude. I was waiting for it. Okay, yep. good. Um, which player will surprise us most this season? Yes. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it's going to be Tanner Roark. Really? Yeah. Going bullish on Tanner. Huh? I'm going bullish on Tanner as a rotation member. I think having a defined role is really important to uh, him, and I think it's going to help. I agree. I. Um, I'm going to go with Steven Strasburg because I think he's just going to be like Cy Young good. Yeah. So I think, I think he's going to blow it out of the water. I think this is going to be his year. I think he's going to make the, the walk year worth something. Nice. Uh, the Dan uh, 
asks, how much of a difference will Mike Maddox really make this year? We've kind of talked about it. And do we uh, expect more consistency from starting pitchers? I think the Nationals had really good consistency. Um, I think expecting any more is probably a little bit greedy. I think we've been lucky with what we've seen out of the starting rotation. So, yeah, it, it's I hard. deny the premise of the question. It's hard to expect more yeah. than like one of the top three rotations over the last like four seasons. Yeah, uh, it's been it's been astonishingly good. There have been things that have been disappointing, but when you look at peripheral numbers and everything else. I mean, I, I don't know what more you could want from a group of guys. Yes, like Edwin Jackson struggled in 2012. And like that that five spot has not always been like exactly what they wanted with Dan Heron and Jackson and, and, and well, I guess Fister kind of last year, but the year before he was excellent. I mean, I think the top three or four guys in that rotation, I would put against any three or top three or four guys in any rotation in baseball any day of the week, really. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, Feng asked, would you rather ride like uh, Cespedes or Instagram like Escobar? Um, you're probably going to say Cespedes. You know it. I love, a, I love my car cars. Dude. Yes. Um, if I were rich, I'd still be driving around like a Prius or something. Yeah, that's just... And, you know, no, I'd drive a Tesla. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. I, I would drive a Tesla so hard. Um, but, yeah, because we're liberals. I oh, um, love it so much. Um. But, uh, no, I'd probably rather Instagram uh, just because. Really? Yeah, because I'm ridiculous. Yeah, and that is ridiculous. I you, like and attention. you are ridiculous. I like attention. Yeah, that's not, that's not false. Uh, I've known so you a while. I would, I would count my likes, and I would have ridiculous things to say <laughs> in Spanish. That's true. Um, uh, another question from Snapchat. Uh, which league would you watch, rather watch outside of the U.S.? Which baseball league would yes, I? Yes, baseball league. Would I rather watch, like, rather watch other but, choices, or is there just what, what league would I want to watch outside of the U.S.? I mean, there's not choices. I mean, there's there's Korean. I would I would, I would want to watch Japanese, Cuban baseball. Cuban, baseball. Cuban, yeah. yeah. Oh, I like that. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was think of I all was the thinking players Hong we get out of that league that nobody gets to watch play baseball. Yeah. I, well, that's going to change soon. Exactly. Thanks, Obama. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, uh, no, I was thinking like honk ball or I think Japan would be a lot of fun because they're super weird over there. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, it's so much fun. I've watched some uh, Aussie baseball and that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, but that yeah, cool. Cuba. I really like that answer. Cuba. Yeah, Cuba's, Cuba's mine. Nice. Uh, where does Roark start the season? Bullpen and rotation from rotation. Fan? Yeah, rotation for sure. Um, yeah, I think we just got to cut this off. Okay. Um, uh, the, the last question is the last thing that Fang asked, and I, I don't have a strong opinion on it, but it's a cool question. Are celebrity appearances uh, on teams during spring training, example, Billy Crystal, Garth Brooks, I add Will Ferrell to that. Will Ferrell. Is it good, bad, or not an issue? I think it's good. Yeah, I think it's good too. I think anything that gets people that might not watch baseball watching baseball is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's Will Ferrell playing for all of the teams in Arizona is like Coldplay playing the halftime show. You know, it's not for the people that love the NFL and are rooting for the teams in the Super Bowl. Right. 
It's so, to get the other people to something to watch. Right. It's to get the you know national news to do a two a thirty second hit on baseball spring training. Totally, which would agree. never happen. So yeah, totally agree. I, I I don't see how it can be bad. It's not like it's not like he's taking a roster spot. I mean, it's just you know he he plays a position for an inning or he 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 takes an at bat, but. I don't see it as a problem. I think it's good. I think it's And it gives positive. the players a little bit of a thrill because I mean, yes, they are celebrities in their own right, but But celebrities uh, in different circles. So in different still, circles, yep. Yeah. It's still a thing. Yep. Cool question. Yeah, that was a cool question. I like that one. So thank you for the multitude of questions again, listeners. We appreciate it. We know we ran long. So apologies or you're welcome, depending on your perspectives on podcasts going too long. Yeah. Uh anything else before we, we wrap up? No, keep an eye on uh, our Twitter account as our amazing intro and outro says. Uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. Um, yep. Really helpful. We're really trying to grow the show this year. We're, uh, we got some big plans for the future. And uh, you guys do such a great job with everything. And we are going to be calling on your help here in the future. So, um Thank you for everything so far, and we're looking forward to growing the show with everyone in the future. Definitely. Community-based show. And I, I, a quick shout-out. We haven't done one. I'm going to try and do a shout-out every once in a while to to uh, the Crimson Electric for playing the music for on our awesome intro and outro, and to Josh Nelson for doing the voiceover and being uh, the voice in that band as well. So thank you, Josh. Thank you, the Crimson Electric. And the crimsonelectric.bandcamp.com is the website. So go check it out. Uh, thanks, everybody, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Nats Talk on the go. For more information, check us out on the web at www.natstalkonthego.com or contact the guys at Nats Talk on the go on Twitter. If you like what you heard, take a minute to rate the podcast on iTunes and help us spread the word. See you next time. Go Nats! <laughs>